Welcome back to the Crossover Podcast, the show where you get comics, pop culture, and sports. And it is pop culture time, as we are going to be talking about... Well, pop culture slash comic book times, because uh, we're going to be talking about the Snyder Cut, or Zack Snyder's Justice League. Or as the credits would have it go, it's Zack Snyder's Justice League, because <laughs> uh, his name has to be uh, bigger than the uh, title of the characters he's portraying. But, yeah, here we are. We're going to do it after after cult people on the internet i would say uh went to bat for for Zack snyder as if he was alfred hitchcock or marty scorsese when he's really just like i've seen some people referring to him and i agree with this on the internet as he's just basically edgelord michael bay it i just i don't get it but how however it happened it happened and on last Thursday, we got the four hours, four hours, is that right? Four hours of a Justice League movie. Joining me today to talk about it, Rob Callflush. How the hell are you, Rob? I'm doing well, I, and apparently I fixed my mic. Nice, good, sounding great, sounding much better. We all are. It's uh, we're, We are we are very amateur on this podcast, <laughs> as you can tell if you've been listening to these. Yeah, but, who uh, knows how long that setting was changed. Yeah. But we're sounding better with every podcast, apparently. So, Snyder Cut, Rob. Uh, first question, off the hop. Yep. Did you get through it in one sitting? Define one sitting. Like, I, did, I did watch it from when I hit play. Mm-hmm. I never turned the movie off. Okay, I would say that. I would qualify that as one sitting. Oh, I, yes. <laughs> I got to part five, which I think they titled, because uh, they, they cut it up into six weird chapters. I, I don't know if that was originally Snyder's plan or if he just wanted to do his Tarantino moment or there was a plan briefly in the in the release of the you know in the lead up to the release of the of the Snyder cut that uh, this was going to end up being a six episode miniseries as opposed to a four hour film might have been a little bit more tolerable I think in in that uh, in that fashion but also yeah, in my in my mind it flowed better as uh like a six-part miniseries or even if it was a a three-part and then each episode had two parts Mm -hmm. um but yeah four four hours was a long time i think i paused it after the the third or fourth part uh to get up go to the washroom top up my drink uh and then i paused it again after the fourth or fifth part just to get up and walk around for a minute (laughs) Yeah, that's uh, fine. I, I, I still consider but, that one sitting. I got through the first three hours, and then I had an hour left, and it was I was just like, no, nah, i got to get up early and go to work tomorrow. And then as I was debating it, it went to, like, black and then flashed, like, chapter five or whatever. And I'm like, if I don't do it now, I'm going to end up finishing this movie. So I paused it and yeah. and returned to it, uh, or like, 24 hour hours-ish later, like 20 hours-ish later, yeah. and, so, uh, on, and kept on off the last hour. With it being four hours, like that's that's a long movie. I I do not think I could have sat in a theater and watched this. No, absolutely um, not. Because uh, my legs would have just been freaking out. Like I'm tall, theaters generally don't have the leg room that accommodates comfort for me, <laughs> unless I'm in an aisle, and then I'm usually turned to the side, sticking out. Um, and even that, four hours is a long time. So the parts uh, when it fades to black and then throws up the next part three or whatever. Those are great breaking points if you need them. Um, but at the same time, it's like, to me, it was just, I watched through 
uh, either a six-part series, three-part series, doesn't matter. I just watched it all back-to-back. Had it been released separately, I just watched it all in a row. There didn't really play like a movie to me. No, there's just... It was episodes. I cannot stress this enough. But I, I, I just want to jump in. I did enjoy it. Okay. I'm not, I'm not just going to shit on the movie or anything like that. I yeah. did actually enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Here, here's what I I'll say. I don't remember the one from 2017 or anything. <laughs> like, I remember bits and pieces. There were parts in this movie where like, hey, I think this was actually in the original. Other parts, like, I don't know. I, I don't remember mm-hmm. <laughs> 95% of the original. Do I think this is better than the 2017 Whedon, I, I guess what we're now referring to as the Whedon cut? Um Yes. Should this movie be four hours long? Fuck no. This 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 movie could have easily easily been cut down to two and a half hours. There there was a lot of unnecessary sequences. Um, a lot of I'm going to use the phrase, and this may be considered somewhat scathing, but tacked on stuff at the end of the movie that was. Completely are, unnecessary. Are you saying it could have ended after part five? <laughs> yeah, it 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 just it it might have. Yeah, there was a part five, and then there was also like a six and an and an and an epilogue, I think. And the the, the epilogue damn sure didn't need to be in this movie. Oh yeah, it, I thought it, part six was the epilogue, but maybe it wasn't. Yeah, it, 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 no, there was there was <laughs> oh, definitely God, an epilogue. That makes it even longer. <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was it like it just. I cannot stress this enough. No movie should ever be four hours. Absolutely no movie. And I'm not just talking to Zack Snyder. I'm talking to Marty Scorsese, who made The Irishman, which did not need to be nearly four hours itself. It was like 15 minutes shy of four hours. That movie, that that could have been a good two-hour and 15-minute movie. Instead, it was a slogging three hours and 45 minutes or whatever the hell. And then this is one of those things where, like, we'll bag on studios uh, you know, Rob, we we bagged on studios in the past. They've been a lot better recently, but obviously, you and I grew up in a mo- in, in in the era where Hollywood just could not get comic movie book movies right in the '90s. Shamefully so, for the oh, most yeah. part. You're always excited, it's like, oh, there's gonna be a movie, and then yeah. after the first one or two that you've seen, yeah, you're still excited to see the next one, but your bar is just so low. Yeah, <laughs> like, you're not I'm... expecting it to actually be good. Yeah, like we all we and like and there's exceptions along the way, like you know, '98 Blade, despite the fact the third act's a little bit of a mess and and Stephen Dorff sucked as the bad guy. That's a mostly enjoyable film. We did a freaking uh, Halloween commentary track on it. We had a hell of a time. One of the most yeah. fun times we've had on the commentary track. The <laughs> go, first, go have a listen and listen to us be completely smashed from the drinking yeah, game that we did. Exactly, it was crazy. I highly recommend that one if, if you're a first time listener. Uh, go back and check that one out. Uh, like you know, the 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 original X Men is is a lot of fun even you know that's mired in you know singer muck <laughs> in, in light of new stuff but you know the second one is a lot of fun there's, there's exceptions but there was definitely more Halle Berry's Catwoman and and Ben Affleck's uh Daredevil and stuff like a lot of that like we, we went through that and we were just like wow are they ever going to get a comic book movie right and 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 now we've had this slew of just insanely fun we just we just like there's a Falcon and Winter Soldier television show in the midst of us recording this, right? And and we're just like, wow, how far we've come. But it it just it it like 
it just to go back to to the point of studios exist to rein in directors from doing crap like making four hour movies to to prevent this nonsense is what it is because directors can't help themselves because at a certain point they're like i shot it i'm throwing it in there and no one's fucking taking it away from me and this i think instead of being a four hour long with a lot of unnecessary and quite frankly longer sequences than needed to be i'm staring at you unnecessary sequence of icelandic women singing to aquaman into the abyss of you know the ocean that was some kind of awful and i would have been like if i was on Zack snyder's corner i would have tapped him on the shoulder and been like take that shit out <laughs> like i i like i know you like it zach but just hear me out what if we got rid of it? <laughs> like, that would be it. But uh, just, you know, little things like that. It, it had the Snyderisms that I don't like and have come to loathe in Zack Snyder movies. The lack of color palette, the obsession with the sepia tone, the unnecessary slow motion. That's the um, one that gets me. Yeah. The, there's, I don't mind some slow motion, but mm-hmm. when every fight sequence becomes that. And for this, I wonder, it's like, because I didn't pay too close attention to to pinpoint when it was used, but when you've got some people like The Flash and uh, Wonder Woman in battle, they can move real quick. So does the slow motion, it's like, this just shows them how they're actually moving through and like just really how quick they are, whereas Batman can't go at the speed of light. (laughs) So no. you can just go punch somebody normal and maybe make a good pow sound. Yeah, it's just yeah. So like the 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 lack of color, the unnecessary slow mo, and we've all seen that thing where somebody on the internet, one some glorious person on the internet, timed up how long three hundred would have been, which is a trash film. Uh, times up three hundred. Times up how long three hundred would have been if you removed the slow motion from it and it cuts like a half hour out of the film. Like the movie would have basically been like eighty minutes long if 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 you cut the slow mo out of that film. And it's like, well, you can't extend your movie by a half hour just by adding slow motion. Or it, well, I guess you can in Zack Snyder's this. case, but you shouldn't is <laughs> what I should say. Um. Yeah, a lot of just just sort of like tacked on and un, unnecessary sequences that we don't need. Like it, it had the usual Snyderisms that I don't like and have and have come to come to just. I'm just not a fan. Just not a fan of that from I'm, from I'm not Snyder. Opposed to your other two uh, in terms of like the the sepia tone and like the color palette and all that. Those don't bother me. Um, the excessive slow mo does. The other mm-hmm. part that I think uh, certainly added to the runtime, and I think it only played primarily over the opening credits, but you know we get to see Bruce Wayne apparently travel over a mountain. Yeah, a lot of oh, panning yeah. shots and all that for a four-hour movie. It's like all right, you can you <sighs> could condense it ten this full was minutes. That was like six-episode miniseries. Then you can like I have no problem have those shots because mm-hmm. you know sometimes those uh, panning scenery shots are are really nice to look at. Mm-hmm. But when you got to sit there for four hours, <laughs> I, yeah, I know we're ten it's minutes into long. this. I know we're ten minutes into this pod, but spoiler alerts off the top. Obviously, I should have mentioned that we, earlier. We but gotta, I, I we like gotta match the length of Justice League. That's yeah, what I, we're trying uh, to do here. yeah, I assume I assume you've seen the movie if you're listening to our review of the Snyder Cut, but. 
I, I mean, yeah, the, like, here's just off the top of my head, and I'm no editor. Off, I, I'm no editor. Off the top of my head, though, the opening 10 minutes of no dialogue and unnecessarily large sweeping shots. I know Snyder can compose an image, and I know he loves that shit and can can just, you know, he'll he'll do that all day long if you want to. Yeah, that's why you need an editor. You need an editor to rein that in. Get that down to a solid minute and a half. So there you go. Right off the hop, we've eliminated 10 minutes out of this movie. The entire nightmare sequence, and I want to get into the nightmare uh, nightmare Going sequence in later. Order? It just well, right now I'm playing my here's how we cut an hour out of the movie okay. game, and so for, so for right off the hop, we 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 tighten up that first opening you know credit sequence, get that down. So that's ten minutes just gone that we don't need. Um, the sequence of the women singing that was like three hours, three minutes long, and was completely unnecessary and quite frankly creepy and awkward and cringeworthy. Just gone. So there's another. Now we're up to we got about 13 minutes gone out of a four-hour movie. The nightmare sequence at the end for the ultimate for their weird injustice apocalypse world gone. And so and that was like 20 minutes long. I thought that was going to be two minutes tops, and that ended up being 20 minutes. Gone, like just completely unnecessary. Say, put that in a, put that in a different film. Like we don't, we don't. That that scene belongs in a different movie. Zack Snyder, <laughs> you don't need that. Also, gone is the horribly tacked on Martian Manhunter appearance at the end of the movie. So that's another twenty five minutes. So right off the hop, we've already eliminated a half hour, Rob, without even thinking. We're yeah. we're so we're down to three and a half hours. We're, do, I'm we're thinking, down to Return of the King length. Now. Yeah, we're down to Return of the King Theatrical length. Theatrical Return of the King. Good point, because the extended cut was like nine hours long, which just for the love of God. <laughs> half of that um, was only four and a half. Still. Just tragic. Um, sorry, yeah, the extended edition or whatever, right? It was like nine hours or whatever garbage. Um, next thing, we remove, if, if we speed up some of the slow-mo, that'll get us an extra 10 to 15 minutes. So now, we, now we've now we got 45 minutes just gone, Rob. Now we're like, yeah, and then, so so just off the top of my head, there we go. We, we, we got 45 minutes gone. We got, uh, you know... You know, so we, we tighten up the beginning. We get rid of that singing sequence with the weird Icelandic ladies, unnecessary. We just completely ditch the the nightmare sequence because that that should have been a short end credit sequence, not a a fifteen minute dialogue between uh, Affleck and 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 Jared Leto. And then we, yeah, we 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 so and then we we speed up a lot of the slow. We get rid of a lot of the slow mo and speed it up. And then we probably get rid of. The flash sequence where he's slow motion saving uh, I what I assume is Iris West, but we're not a hundred percent we're we're not a hundred percent certain <laughs> that it is. We're just gonna we're I, gonna. I think it was. I'm pretty sure it was supposed to be, but uh, yeah, that so that's another ten minutes gone. So right there, we've just eliminated an hour and we got it down to a tight three hours, and we might have a tight three hours. Now, I did bag on the runtime, but. With the possible exception of the runtime, not the possible, with the absolute exception of the runtime, I don't think there is a thing in the Whedon cut that I liked. Well, that's not true. There's a couple, couple small things, but in terms of general sweeping premises, I don't think there's a, a, a single thing that I like better in the Whedon cut than in the than the Snyder cut. Is, is what I'll say. I think it's a better movie than the, again, runtime aside, I think it's a better movie than the, than the 2017. But that said, it goes from like, uh, like, I don't want that to be a, 
giant proclamation that this is some sort of masterpiece because it's not. I, I would say the, the, the Justice Lou movie, the, the Whedon cut, I enjoyed more than most people, even though I, I know it was mostly a tragedy. But I had that movie probably at like a C-. minus. This one's like, I don't know, C plus to me overall. And then could have been like a B minus B if we tightened up the runtime a little bit and maybe, I don't know, threw a little color in there. What do you, what, what about you, Rob? What, how about you Snyder cut vis-a-vis Whedon cut? Uh, truthfully, I don't remember much of the Whedon cut. There's certain mm-hmm. scenes, like I say that, Hey, I remember seeing this before. Uh, the one th- scene I believe was in the Whedon one as well, which presumably means it was uh, one of the Snyder scenes was when, Flash goes to his warehouse, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Bruce that was Wayne's in both. Already yeah. sitting there. Yeah, so that was, was in like, both. All right, and the whole throwing the batarang, he grabs it, and when they get into the car, it's like, so what's your superpower? I'm rich. <laughs> yeah, that was a great I, line. I, I enjoyed that scene. It was in mm-hmm. both. Outside of that, the only thing that I truly remember from the the Whedon one is at the end where Superman and the Flash do their little race and. I didn't care for that at all. <laughs> and I'm thrilled that it wasn't in this in any way. Yeah, I didn't actually, you know what? I didn't mind that in the, um, in the original, cause that's just fun. And that was just an end credit sequence, right? It didn't have yeah. anything to do with the actual and, thing, but and for that version of it, mm-hmm. like it makes sense. Yeah. For, it, it, for what it, it was worked. doing. That scene would make zero sense in this. Yeah. Uh, but overall, like I say, I would give this probably like a, a B, B minus. Like I'd, I'd grade it higher than you, but it's definitely losing points for the the runtime, given that it was a movie as opposed to uh, an ep- episodic series or something. If that's what it was, then I would probably grade it higher because all of the the drawn out stuff, extending scenes, all those panning shots. Um, you, you mentioned the bit with uh, like the Flash's intro and uh, saving the woman from the car crash and all that. Mm-hmm. I have no problem. Like those, I thought were fine scenes to to have, like to give characters some more uh, development of what they're doing and getting everybody together. But it adds to that four-hour runtime, and that's yeah. probably going to be the thing we keep harping on this entire episode. Just, pod. <laughs> just monstrously unnecessary of a runtime. Just, I cannot stress this yeah. enough. Uh, Rob, I got a surprise for you. We might be bringing somebody onto this call mid-pod. We've never done this before in three hundred and fifty some odd episodes of the podcast. I There's don't still times for a first. All right, a first for the crossover podcast. Joining mid-podcast, uh, Brandon Fleet. How the heck are you, Brandon? I'm good, man. How are you? All right, great to have you. You're on with myself and Rob. We're, we're we're talking the Snyder Cut. Rob and I just quickly gave out our grades of of this vis-a-vis of the Snyder Cut vis-a-vis the Whedon Cut. I went I went from a C minus to a C plus. Rob went about the same, a little bit higher. Went to yeah. went as I, I'm on about a B. Yeah, went to, went so so high as to say a B. Uh, we're taking runtime out of the equation when giving our, our grades, the, but uh, the, the runtime was a huge strike against the grade. <laughs> but uh, okay. where where are you on the Snyder cut vis-a-vis the Whedon cut? Okay, um, I probably would have given a D plus to the to the to the Justice League, and I uh, I'd probably give a, a B minus to. Oh, wow, you yeah. really liked it there. All right, a big, big jump It was for a you. movie. It was an actual movie. Fair, yeah. <laughs> um, 
I was like, when it ended, I was like, yeah, it was all right. Yeah, I, I just now I'm. I asked Rob this earlier. Did you get through it in one sitting? I did. Um, I did get through it in one sitting, but that that's not really a feat for me. You, you know mm-hmm. that, so fair. I, I don't think you, you can't like can't equate to anything. No one else in the family made it through in a single sitting. Though, so. <laughs> so yeah, okay, so good. I'm not the only one. Yeah, I needed. I needed to finish the last. I, I needed a. It was too late for me to finish that last, the, basically the third act of the movie, so I paused it and <laughs> came back, and I hit one of those chapter things, and I'm like, all right, I'll finish this uh, later on. So, uh, what was, I, I just, overall, what do you think, what did you like better than uh, in, in the Snyder Cut than the, than the than the Whedon Cut, besides the obvious that this was a more cohesive film? Yeah, I I, I, I know it goes against, like, probably what all three of us over the years have said about every film that Snyder has touched within the, like the DC EU or whatever we're calling it. But I, I kind of was really digging the self-indulgent feel of the whole thing. <laughs> that is the <laughs> phrase. Is it not yeah. for this one? Oh, oh man. Like, this guy being like, I'm not even getting paid to do this, but I'm getting my shot to do it. So just like, pouring it on thick. <laughs> let's just whatever. <laughs> Like, I think it was just over 10 minutes of, of slow motion in the whole thing, right? Like, yeah, fuck it. Well, we yeah, already did. That, that the runtime would be 10 minutes shorter, but fuck it. Rob and I did that earlier just before you jumped on. We were like, how much of this movie could we cut? Like, if we had, if, 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 if you put this in the hand, if you were to do the Matt Pierce cut of the, of the Snyder, or, or of the Snyder cut, I'd be like, I could, I could get this movie down to a tight two and a half, I think. Like there, there's some things I'm like, get rid of that. Don't need any of this. The ten minute, it's a, the ten minute opening sequence of no dialogue and large sweeping shots. Let's get that down to a minute and a half. Uh, no more slow mo, right? And then just you can do it. You can get that down to a, to a to a really good uh, two and a half hours, I think. Yeah. Well, I get what you're saying, but like, you know, I I rewatched the theatrical version like fairly recently, mm-hmm. and. And I thought, like, a lot of that could have gone. I actually had more trouble when I was looking, you know, I was kind of looking for points in this one. One thing I noticed right off the bat was that I expected that Leonard Cohen opening with Everybody Knows. I thought for sure, like, that is that is Snyder, like, 100%. Yeah. It not being in the film, I was like, okay, <laughs> let, let, <laughs> let's see where this goes. And 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 a lot of the stuff that, that I probably wrongfully attributed to you know, the theatrical cut um, as being very, very Snyder, you know, were not present in the film. And I kind of appreciated that, you know, but uh, I think also that this plays as well as it does because we were sitting on our couches watching it, you know, yeah. I mean? like, this, oh, for sure. I, I told Pierce this, like, I, I could not have sat in a theater and watched yeah. this four hour movie. I, I wouldn't have survived. Yeah, yeah. I don't, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I just think, yeah, like I probably have different feelings. I, I do think though that, that there is legitimately, if they had stuck with their original plan from like a million years ago, like there is legitimately two full films in there with two large action set pieces, like splitting the whole thing. Like it kind of makes sense. Like they're not two good movies, but they're two movies. And so, you know, I, it, it makes it harder for me to say, especially now, like, 
you know, who cares? <laughs> like, <laughs> isn't that the truth right there yeah I, I the thing i was most amazed about and this is i mean maybe i shouldn't have been surprised about this but given you know the the stories about you know ray fisher and and joss whedon and and how that shit went down on set and whatnot and you know i don't i don't want to get into hearsay or any of that type of stuff but you know we have heard some shit that doesn't you know paint joss whedon in, in too great of a light but i i was amazed i thought that i thought that we would get you know maybe a little bit more cyborg in this movie than we did in in uh in the 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 whedon cut but i i was like wow there's an entire cyborg film in here that that basically got cut out i'm like this is this is madness yeah yeah that's where yeah. Everybody basically had an episode. Yeah. Just, here's your Cyborg episode. Here's your Flash episode. Here's your Batman episode. Your Wonder Woman episode. Now let's bring back Superman, okay? And, or I guess Aquaman's in there. He hits an episode two. And then, yeah, I don't know. It, it, well, it played out as like a series to me. Just all I just watched it all back to back. Yeah, and a lot of the scenes that I would inherently cut, like if I was even if I was in Joss Whedon's position, which to be honest, now that I've seen it, it seems like he added more than he cut mm -hmm. um, in a lot of senses. But like it, 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 a lot of the stuff that maybe wasn't there, there were just little things, right? Actually were, were great contextually, you know, like um, what, what was the, uh, the first time that, that there was kind of like a little bit of a time shift backwards. Oh, it was when the cube was dropping into the water in the Kryptonian mm -hmm. ship. You know? yeah. um, like the mother box is dropping into the, the water and you're like, okay, so he, he screwed it up. Let's just do it again. Like you almost expected there to be that moment of like, you know, oh, you messed it up. Let's do it or something. Because that's what, what Flash had kind of been for the only short time that he had been in the movie realistically in the Snyder Cut at that point because he showed up like an hour into the movie. Um, but holy crap, all of a sudden, sorry guys, there's like tons of traffic around me. Yeah, don't worry happen? about it. Just power through. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, an hour into the film, he shows up and it's basically just joke after joke. You know, they got the hot dog joke and stuff like that. I'm thinking, okay, well, that's what they're going to do. And then they did the, the where the time just moved back a little bit. Like he moved time back and I was like, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. And then when he did it as like his big hero moment in the in the final act of the film, I'm like, oh shit, this is like a proper script, <laughs> you know? And then like, yeah. and, and it was the same with every character, where, you know, yeah, it was absolutely indulgent. Yes, it was absolutely, pro you know, like slow motion and, you know, over the. It had top the Snyderisms, yeah, yeah, just all those Snyderisms, yeah. Yeah, but it, it, like everything was kind of set up properly, you know, like. Mm -hmm. It was a really long version of it, but it, I don't know. It, it, like, if the script was made out of Play-Doh, it's just like they just stretched that piece of Play-Doh out a little further than mm -hmm. it was, but it was still a script, you know? And I appreciated that, because it also made sense. Because I remember he, uh, when, when I think it was BVS came out, and, like, Jesse Eisenberg was talking about, like, how impressed he was with the approach that Chris Terrio took to writing it. And I was thinking... Oh, I remember, because we did Mermel, we talked about it on, on Movies Through My Life, and, and we were talking about like uh how it just seemed like they had torn up a bunch of comic pages thrown them on the table and were like do that you yeah know, from different mm. books right yeah and and i was like that so that didn't make any sense to me but now seeing this film was like oh okay like i see what eisenberg's kind of was getting at when he said that back at bvs you know mm -hmm. 
so I, I don't know. I was kind of pleased with the whole thing, and and I didn't, I didn't think I had, anything had to be cut. Was I like blown away by it? No, but like you know, <laughs> we're, we're in the midst of a pandemic. You got to take the entertainment you can get, right? <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, like I would have, I would have cut some stuff, honestly. Like if if you would have given you know Matt Pierce the cut, I, I like that entire nightmare sequence at the end. I just would have been like, let's just get that out of there. We don't need any of that in this movie. That's you're trying to film your sequel there, Zach. We don't need yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what he was trying to do. That's the stuff. Yeah, that he exactly. Yeah, I'd have been like, "You're trying to film your sequel, there, Zach. If you get it, you get it. If not, we this one's got to go." I'm sorry, which <laughs> it's just like we you can't do it. Like it's just it's it's it was so tacked on, and the 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 end bit with uh, which is just like, and like uh, yeah, with Martian Manhunter, which to me was in a movie where Batman was shooting guns. And, you know, like, which again, I, I just, I guess I have to make my peace with for whatever reason Zack Snyder's Batman is a gun toting Batman, even though I just, yeah, I, I, I vehemently am opposed to the idea of the Batman ever using or holding guns. But whatever. Then, like, well, again, it's. One of the greatest Batman stories, like, he doesn't, um. What's the, um. Crap, what's the, uh. Well, there's the one where he shoots Darkseid right in the head. That's dope. (laughs) That was dope. Yeah. I'm thinking of, uh, oh, crap, what's it called? Uh, Where they go blasting through the downtown of of Gotham that's been taken over by, like, essentially, like, almost like zombies kind of thing. And Mm -hmm. and he has to, there's a scene before that where, like, it's like, it's like three pages of just him teaching Jason how to shoot a gun. Yeah. And he's, we don't need to like him, but, you know, but we know how to need to know how to use him, kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. And, and they did that in the. History, I'm trying to think what comic this is. It's like a legendary, legendary book. Yeah. And it's one that I could read as a kid, so I wanted to read it. And now I have it. And I'm like, I can't even think. Oh, my God. Like, Jim Starlin wrote it. Like, why can't I think of this freaking oh. book? No, oh, it'll come back to you. Yeah, like, yeah, it'll come back. Yeah. But, but like, Sorry. like. When they like when they do it, given the context of the Batman, obviously I'm fine with it. Like when he shot Darkseid in the head, that was obviously built into the fact that okay, Batman's going to do this, even though everything is, you know he's you know this is everything he hates in one panel of comic book is him pulling the trigger. But he's like, but I got to do this, otherwise Darkseid's going to destroy the universe, right? So he's like, I, the Batman, the guy who never betrays his morals, will betray his moral this one time in service of you know the universe. Uh, so that that makes sense to me, but in this, it's you know, Jeff Johns. <laughs> yeah, but exactly. But 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 in this one, he's just like, what if I just strap a bunch of Gatling guns to the Batmobile and use them to to mow down a bunch of paratroopers? And Zack Snyder's just like, yeah, that'd be dope looking, and, and it was dope looking. But at the same time, I'm just like, yeah. But anyway, the the like I said, the, like to go back to to swing it back to what I was gonna say, the least Batman thing uh, that occurred in this movie was Aff was Martian Manhunter landing on his doorstep and Affleck as Bruce Wayne walked walking up to him and being like, hey, you want to join the Justice League? And it's like, and it's like the Batman who inherently distrusts everybody immediately is like, sure, Mr. Alien Man, who seems to know everything about me, why don't you join the Justice League? And it's like, like, all right, that was tacked on. Rolled out of bed. True, (laughs) yeah. You'd be like, yeah, cool. 
see him. Yeah, <laughs> after his weird nightmare sequence too, where he's like, "That was a premonition. I saw the future." And it's even though again, the Batman doesn't believe in that sort of crap, but whatever. Uh, yeah, that that just. Like I would just get that shit out of there. It just didn't need to be in there, right? It, it's just, but yeah, you know, I'm 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 talking about what did need to be there, and, and instead of what did need to be there, and and I would say that I would give Zach a bit more credit in this movie, and in terms of and and allow me to big up Zack Snyder and his storytelling, which I don't think I've ever done before, and th- so this will be a first for me. Is, um. You know, he at least attempted to give us some kind of explanation as to to why, like, it wasn't great, but it was there as to why the bad guys were trying to do what they were doing, or at least why Steppenwolf was trying to do <laughs> what he was yeah. doing, right? Like, he was trying to reclaim his honor in the in the in the eyes of of his his fearless leader, who who he worships and and had. I, I guess they said I can't remember if they said he failed him or if he flat out betrayed him before, and he was trying to. Yeah, I think he tried to usurp him. Yeah, tried to usurp him exactly, and then and then uh, went on to do something there. So so I and then you know he tried to you know curry back favor, and I was like, that's good. That's much better than in the first movie where it was just like Steppenwolf. Hey, he's a bad guy. He's just doing bad guy things, right? But he did kind of he did kind of push that aside to Dark Side. You're like, why is Dark Side doing any of this? And you're like, hey, he's a bad guy. He's uh you know he's doing bad guy things. Just don't pay attention to that. That's Steppenwolf. Yeah, like I, I, I don't. It's a little bit, a little bit weird on that. Where were you? Uh, let's start with Rob. Where were you on on the amount of dark side that we got in this film? Because I couldn't believe the amount of dark side that we got. Uh, I liked it. I am not big in the the DC universe and all that, mm-hmm. so like I knew Dark Side by name only mm-hmm. because of the the whatever comic where Batman does shoot Dark Side with the, mm-hmm. the gun that one time. Spoilers. Mm-hmm. Um, because of my old roommate many years ago. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. the only reason I know about Darkseid. Fair. Um, so it was interesting to to see him, and given just this one movie, it made sense that they just moved up the. So what's his deal? He's evil. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> he's a bad guy, and that's and <laughs> if, like that. If he's not going to do anything else beyond just like stand there looking menacing messingly and uh i think he may have had one or two lines is like what more do you truly need if he's not mm-hmm. going to be a focus in it at all it's just it, it would have been slightly better to me if like because we saw uh, there's there's the bit where gal gadot as, as wonder woman goes through a cave and then sees like a a drawing of dark side in in a amazonian cave and it you know it it pretells his his you know of his of that he's coming and i'm just like boy that was an end credit sequence smack dab in the middle of the first hour of this movie <laughs> and i was like why are you doing like that that should have been like like diana going into that thing and then looking at all these carvings on the wall and being like oh this is really cool and then looking up at the dark side thing that should have been like the end credit sequence it should have been like oh shit that's like you know we didn't even destroy like when they when they get rid of steppenwolf at the end of the movie that should have been like oh man that's like not even the main bad guy we thought steppenwolf was the main bad guy he that's just one of this guy's you know friggin cronies and and now we got to worry about like that's what the end credit sequence should have been and that's i don't know in, in the matt pierce cut that's what i would have done, but I, I don't know. But like, I gotta say, Snyder Snyder had a lot more dark side than I was prepared for. Uh, what, what were your takes on on that, uh, Brandon? Uh, yeah. Well, you know, I like dark side, so uh, you know, I, oh, yeah, I'm down with it being in the flick. Um, with I don't know with what you were saying, 
again, you got to remember, like, <laughs> we got a pretty, or we believe that we got a pretty reasonable facsimile of of Snyder's original vision. And if that is the mm-hmm. case, then you go back to all the time that I guess him and Jim Lee spent storyboarding the whole thing and and whatnot, you know, as well as other people at Chris Terrio and whoever else, um, and plotting the whole thing out. You got to think like. They were planning it as two movies, so you know there was a time in movies where you would foreshadow the next movie before the credit sequence. Nowadays, <laughs> we don't do that. Now, you know, now we wait until the end of the movie for like Captain America to show up and talk to Bucky or something, or you know, like this. Yeah, I think I, I get what you're saying, and, and it totally does work with like the modern mentality of storytelling. But you know, there's guys. And I say guys very intentionally when I say guys. There's certain directories, mm-hmm. uh, guys, uh, specifically like, say, for example, Michael Bay and say, for example, um, you know, Snyder or um, or Man is another one that as much as like their styles are kind of modern sensibilities, you know, on on like adrenaline. They the movies that they all love are like like West Side Story and shit like that. And it's sure. like, oh, okay. you know what I mean. So a lot of their storytelling sensibility, although their visual compositions are like, let's see how many Bud Light trucks and explosions we can fit in this shot and like American flags or whatever it is, right? They still love that like old American film style of storytelling it's like when people make fun of jj abrams about the lens flares and it's like dude was watching movies in the 1970s like what did you think his movies are going to look like so i can't really when you're talking about how someone's telling a story and especially if they have a say in 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 like you know the the beat and the meter of the film like i don't i'm not going to hold that against him at all putting that in i get what you're saying and i totally agree for like modern audiences that would work 100 times better but I'm not going to fault him for that because if I was watching a like a Justice League movie from say you know 1990 or 1980, let's say, I would expect that you know so mm-hmm. and certainly before that, so I, I'm not going to fault him for that. I loved how much Darkseid was in it because Darkseid you know subtly had some of the most badass moments in in the film. Um, I noticed uh, like say for example like when he caught. The, the head at the end. I won't spoil yeah. it. We'll get to that later. Hey, that was spoil that was it. The stare down was great. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, there was good moments. Him almost like getting, like just what the heck is going on? Just getting so excited about, mm-hmm. you know, finding the anti-life equation was mm-hmm. was so good. You know, for it, it was it was a nerd payoff. You know, yeah. and we referencing a comic that is basically the inspiration for a film we're never going to see because that's where Snyder wanted to go with it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, he wanted to go everywhere. That, yeah, but Batman it was going to die in, in Justice League 3. Mm-hmm. That was what he was going to do. He was going to, or he was going to appear to have died. He was going to, like, you know, the, the Omega Beams and all that stuff. And then maybe would he get some crazy Grant Morrison Batman stories? Who knows, right? Yeah. Um, but... I don't know if I want to see that anyway, so I'm not super worried about it. Yeah. But it would have been too, so, you know. It, I, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine either way with it, but I like I, I like Darkseid being there. 
Yeah, I mean, you kind of just described what Snyder's problem with this was that he was a little bit ADHD in what he wanted to do, where he wanted to do everything kind of all at once. Like, he wanted to do his Dark Knight Returns, he wanted to do his Long Halloween, he wanted to do his Injustice, he wanted to do his uh, Kingdom Come, he he wanted to do his Death of Superman, he wanted to do it all, and it's like, Zach, if you want to do this, you need to do this over the course of seven movies, not one and a half, right? Like, you gotta, you gotta, it's just like, slow and steady wins the race, and I can't believe I would have to explain to Zach that you gotta do it slow and steady when, you know, you're the guy who loves slow motion, this doesn't make sense to me, right? Like, there's, there's connective tissue there, buddy, but it, it just, overall, definitely a better movie, Definitely, like, I don't know if I'll ever watch it again. Like, I'm never going to queue up this movie to watch it again is the problem because it's, A, it's just too damn long. But will I look at, like, see certain sequences on, on will I do, like, record scratch moments on, on YouTube every once in a while? Hell yeah, I will. Like, the like BVS is, ter- is, is an overall not a great film. Every once in a while, I pop on that warehouse fight sequence where he just has Batman beating the piss out of yeah, thugs and thugs in yeah. a thing, and you're just like, "This is the fucking Batman right here, just beating the shit out of guys who are not good people, right?" Like that's that's what I like watching. But I mean, I like uh, that Jeep Renegade commercial at the beginning too. <laughs> just man, um, Jack. Uh, oh Jack. my god! Now you mentioned that. Yeah, you mentioned the anti-life equation that I, that was the thing. I, I felt like in that weird God of War cut sequence that they did in the middle of the movie, I, I thought they at least tried to give an explanation for the mother boxes and what they could do and why they were the MacGuffins of this particular movie. But then they go ahead and they just, for whatever reason, they just added the anti-life equation and then didn't really give it... They paid it off, yeah. Sort yeah, of. they didn't really give it any explanation as to what it is or why Darkseid wants it, and he just kind of says, "If I have the," and he does, you know, the, the classic, you know, generic bad guy line where he goes, "If I have the anti-life equation, I can enslave the entire galaxy." And if you're, I mean, I know that you and I, Brandon, as seasoned comic book and the other seasoned comic book, uh, you know, readers and whatnot that were watching that, uh, know exactly what that MacGuffin device is supposed to be. But I, I turn to you, Rob. And I ask you, uh, as as a guy who who tangentially knows DC stuff and is not necessarily there for the deep cuts, did you have any clue based on what occurred in this movie as to what the anti-life equation might be or why he would want it, or was that just confusing as hell to you? So to me, mm-hmm. I thought it was basically it's like so he wants Superman's laser eye power, but it destroys life at like mm-hmm. the atomic level. I'm like, all right, good enough for me. The part that threw me with the whole anti-life equation, because when Darkseid shows up the first time, he takes his axe, smashes the ground, and then there it is on the ground. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until actually seeing a video earlier today that I was like, oh shit, that was already on the ground. He didn't just make it appear, because mm-hmm. the whole time I'm like, fucker, you, you just wrote it down. Don't you know it? <laughs> <laughs> so... Unless I've just mixed up what was actually correct or not, I don't know, but it, yeah, it seems like it was that. then already there, which then when he gets his ass kicked and leaves and has to find it again, that that starts to make a bit more sense. But as far as like what the anti-life equation is, I just assume it, it destroys life at like the molecular level. Mm-hmm. I'm just surprised that they didn't, they didn't then use anti-life as, as like, as the thing, like, say, for example, here, here's what I would have done with the, 
with Justice League 2, if you will. Like, so the second half of this thing that we just saw. So, you know, obviously we, we get that, you know, Darkseid was betrayed previously, right, by Steppenwolf, at least in this, in this continuity. So if Steppenwolf has now discovered the anti-life equation, mm-hmm. why isn't he then driven to just do the same thing again? Like, why, why isn't he taking the, you know, uh, why is he still devoted to Darkseid, who we did try to overthrow? Why, do, why don't you just ramp up him for the second film? You know what I mean? And, and, mm-hmm. and power him up using the anti-life equation, you know? Or, or his in, enrage him based on that, that he can pull this, this card, this wild card, so to speak, you know. Um, and maybe that's just because they haven't decided how to do that in film, which makes total sense because there's like a hundred different interpretations of how you can use that now. But, you know, I would have, I would have liked a little bit more. And, and like you guys said, that would have brought a little bit more to Darkseid's character if all of a sudden Steppenwolf's like almost betraying him again, mm-hmm. you know, and that would have been dope, but you know, whatever. Yeah, Steppenwolf yeah, leveled right. up. Yeah. He can go for round two now. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that would have been like even more terrifying when they shut him down at the end and Darkseid's like, well, I'm still going to go for the anti-life equation and I'm going to do it in the old way, but it would make so much more sense if it was like, well, you know, Steppenwolf was already utilizing the anti-life equation, you know, t- for his, you know, for his, you know, attempts at conquest, and and they thwarted him. So, you know, now we now the game is afoot. You know, to to quote Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. But yeah, was there anything that happened in the Whedon cut that you guys liked better than was in the Snyder cut? Uh, let's start with Brandon, because I got two things that I can. Th- I I got two, and pretty much only two things that I can think of off the top of my head that I think were a, a little bit better in the in the. Um, in the Whedon cut that, that I think should have been kept in, in the Snyder cut. Well, uh, one is pretty big. The other is kind of minor. Uh, uh, any, anything off the top of your head, uh, Brandon? I'm trying to think if anything real, like it's hard because like Whedon, his jokes just aren't landing anymore. And even like what mm-hmm. he was planning to do if like, you know, with, if like Firefly stuck around and stuff like that, doesn't really do it for me. Um, and, and a lot of, a lot of his humor, it, it's hit and miss for me. So, and those are the moments that stand out as like the glaring differences. And so like, I, I don't know, like, I, I don't like the family thing that he added. I don't like, Oh God, no, that was terrible. When, when Snyder completely cut that rut like that, let me give credit where credit is due to Zack Snyder. When he just took that shit and completely cut it, that was fine. But if I could just go off on a tent, the lowest scene that he had with Lois and Martha, I, I didn't like it. It seemed, yeah. and then it wasn't even sexist, like like other reporter that was like, "Ooh, she's a lady," you know? Yeah, he like all this stuff. I was like, when I was rewatching that, I was kind of like, "Oh, cringe," you know? Like, yeah, and making him look kind of hipstery at the time too was just it was creeping me out and I know that that was the point of the scene, but I just don't think any of that landed and it didn't land in the film that he was brought in to just kind of bring across the finish line. Like you're not, so I, I don't get it, but whatever. So I'm going to say no, <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I got, 
Go ahead. I got, yeah, yeah I, I got two things that I thought were a, a little bit better served in the Whedon cut. But before I, I you reminded me of something when when you said that the the, the Russian sequence. The reason I think Whedon tacked that on is because any of the action sequences that take place in this movie, there's not really a lot at stake in terms of them be in terms of the members of the Justice League being actual superheroes in this movie because whenever they're fighting Steppenwolf, it's always in a place where there's no people for some reason. Like it's yeah. like we're we're oh. fighting under Gotham Harbor. Is there anybody here? No. That's okay. We can cut it loose. We're fighting in this abandoned town in Russia. Is there anybody here? No. Okay, we can completely cut it loose. And it was almost as if like Snyder kind of you know, reacted to the thing in Man of Steel where it's like, you know, Superman's not really saving people. He's kind of just destroying all of Metropolis. He's, you know, he's really causing more damage than than is necessary in this fight with Zod. And and Supes would try to save people, and it almost like he he over he overcorrected to a degree where it's like there's not really any people there and stuff. So who are it, they it, really saving? Them? Yeah. So yeah. So in certain sequences, it's like it's not really a lot going on here. Right? Like it's just it's just our heroes are might might get killed, which you know. We don't want them to get killed, but like, be nice if they had somebody to save, you know. So I think that's kind of why they tacked on that weird like one Russian family or whatever in in the Whedon cut. That way, they're at least saving some people at some point. But yeah, I I couldn't agree more that that was completely trash. And when and when Zach had just left that completely out of his cut, I was like, that's a, an extremely good decision. Uh, what about you, uh, Robin? Anything you like better in the in the Whedon cut or? I honestly didn't even remember that Russian family in the the Whedon cut, and probably for the mentioned best. It, I still didn't know <laughs> until you mentioned the the action sequence, and then I could picture it from the 2017 movie, and it's like, yeah, yeah that was a good cut. I, I don't really remember specifics uh, from mm-hmm. from the 2017 version, specifically if it was something that we uh, Josh Whedon added, mm-hmm. and and was it in the Snyder cut? Um, yeah, I I got nothing to contribute to that. Yeah, <laughs> but I will so, point out when you mentioned the um, when they were underground and the, and the water and all that, just it was just laughable. That's like, oh, they broke through the wall and the water's coming in. Here's Aquaman. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a little too, a little too convenient. A little too convenient. Yeah, for sure. Um, even though it was like, sure, he's here now. Just do awesome stuff, yeah. Momoa. I and then he did. Yeah, but then he did, and it was like, all right. <laughs> Pardon. Wasn't he tracking the mother box somehow? Some some bullshit. I, I'm, yeah, some if, if that's tangential why, explanation. Perfectly valid reason. I missed that, and it's like, cool. Aquaman's here now. The, the add one to the party. <laughs> yeah, he might have been tracking those stupid fucking mind bugs that were in the movies. I thought that was dumb as hell. <laughs> the, the, the weird. I don't know. For some reason, that didn't set right with me when, when Steppenwolf just had these weird mind bugs that could read your thoughts and stuff like that. Uh, it's, it's, some extra money to spend. They're like, I don't know, make a spider or something. Yeah, make a weird alien spider that can read your thoughts. Um, so one thing I liked in in that was in the Snyder or, or sorry the the Whedon cut was uh, the just save one person sequence that or, or like dialogue that Batman has with uh, the Flash. Like that was just completely left out of the Snyder cut, but I kind of liked it because. Um, this Ezra Miller version of Barry Allen hasn't really been a superhero, although I guess we saw him save Iris in that weird sequence earlier in the movie, yeah. so yeah. so he didn't need it, so now that I'm saying it out loud, it's not, although I, if, again, in the Matt Pierce cut, I would have, yeah, yeah I, I like that speech from Batman, I would have cut the, I would have cut the Iris West saving sequence, because it's completely oh, unnecessary. Dude. 
Oh, I didn't like that. I was not on board with that one. Uh, like he didn't have his shoes back on. Like that was cool. You know, yeah, but, yeah, that was cool. Then. That he runs out of his sneak. He literally runs out of his sneakers, and then yeah, that that was that was fun. I did. I that was the best part of that sequence. But I, if, if that was me, I would have just cut that right out of the film. Like bare feet. Yeah, yeah bare, I'm gonna shatter this glass and run. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank yeah. you. Um. And th- this one, and this is the one I would have kept, and this is a big one for me. The best sequence in either films is the when Superman wakes up, and then the Justice League kind of the, he he kind of starts fighting the Justice League, and and the best part in either films to me is when Ezra Miller's Barry Allen starts running towards Superman, and we're in the Speed Force with Barry, and Superman starts slowly, like Henry Cavill starts slowly clocking him with his eyes. I yeah, like yeah. E- even in the Whedon cut, I was like, yes, yes, yes. This is these two guys, and this is how it should look when these two guys fight. Where Soup's is able to like throw punches, but he can't connect them because Barry's just too fast. But Barry still has to be like, ooh, gotta be careful because if this guy hits me, it will be devastating, right? Like it's just so that was the best sequence in either of those. But what was better in the Whedon version was. Batman has the like like uh, Batfleck has the line where he's like Alfred, bring in the you know like bring in the secret weapon or whatever, right? And then the secret weapon you're you're supposed to think is like, you know, he's got like a kryptonite whatever that he's gonna you know try to lower him down with, but it ends the secret weapon ends up being Lois Lane, and you see Lois step out of the car with um, Alfred, even though that technically doesn't make sense, but Bruce showing up with Lois, you know, as the secret weapon to calm down. Uh, the the you know mind addled Superman makes more sense than in the Snyder cut where Lois just sort of shows up right before Batman right before Superman might kill Batman. Um, although I did like that Batman that Snyder cut out the uh, the do you bleed line <laughs> from from Henry Cavill repeating back the do you bleed line. Um, but yeah, I just I like the idea. Like I think that was the the the. The one thing the Whedon cut had that was better than the Snyder cut is is Batman being like, you know, Alfred, bring out the big gun or whatever it was, and the big gun was 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 Lois Lane. Even again, even though it doesn't make sense that Alfred was there, but it like it should have been Bruce bringing Lois in to calm down Superman. That would have made more sense to me. And that's pretty much the only thing I could come up with that that was better in the Whedon cut. That 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 was the only thing that really stood out to me that I would have I would have preferred that have have stayed in 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 the Snyder cut for me you know something I was thinking about and I could have sworn that it was in in Justice League but admittedly I wasn't paying that close attention when I was re-watching like the Whedon version Mm -hmm. I thought I remembered when like when Superman comes back to life and and then you have you know Diana Arthur fucking Victor and and uh uh, Barry all like follow him out and they, they're right there in the park right yeah I thought I remembered Bruce having to like run across the field and I thought that I remembered cut scenes of Bruce having to like <sighs> yeah <laughs> what's going on because in my head I think that's so hilarious right yeah but I, I can can't that. figure out if if that's just in my head from it just being a really funny idea or if that actually did happen, because I, I guess I didn't really pay close attention when I rewatched it. But like, am I not like? Did, does he just show up there after like 15 minutes of this fight in both sequ- in both films? Because, yeah. 
I would have loved that. Like that seems like a Joss Whedon thing where he's just like that's yeah. Yeah, I guess you know I I don't remember yeah, in both versions, he, Superman de- or Batman definitely shows up after the fact because he has, yeah, which makes sense. But it, like, I don't remember <laughs> anything of Batman like hoofing it on foot in broad daylight in Metropolis. Because <laughs> that would be hilarious to me. Yeah, you know, oh, and have absolutely. He has the one where he picks up the one cop, and mm-hmm. I guess that's his hero moment, as you alluded to. Like, none of them really have a chance to be heroes. Mm-hmm. They're all super in the Snyder Cup, but they're not heroes. And I totally yeah. know you're saying that. Um, but that that goes into like Snyder's perception of of superheroes, which is like almost these you know Greek gods or these gods, mm-hmm. you know. Um, yep. So I, I I get why it's not there, but yeah, I guess the one moment that you had like that that was very apparent were with the two most human characters being you know Barry and then and then with uh, with Batman like helping a cop get up, you know, mm-hmm. and that was about it. But yeah, yeah I, I, I don't know. I like and it both do, ways. I'm fine with either. Yeah, and they do kind of save uh, a few of the uh, the scientists or whatever. Like it shows Barry running up the the stairs with all the scientists and helping him move yeah, fast. He, like, but them along. I thought that was so weird. He could have run yeah. them all out of the building in that time. Yeah, that didn't make. <laughs> that was a bit and, weird. And, and yeah. On that note, it, with the when everybody went to go meet uh, Superman with the, that showdown and whatnot, and Batman's got to run across the field. Nobody offered Batman a piggyback ride to get there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, it was like three hundred pounds. So it's true. Yeah, <laughs> you gotta walk. Yeah, but man, it was it was yeah. I don't know that that was just the one thing. I just I, I would have had Batman being like, Lois, get out here because it, it definitely makes more sense than her just randomly showing up and and Zach having to waste time establishing that she goes there every day to give some cop coffee for <laughs> reasons, I guess. I guess just because she's a nice person, good for her, but... Yeah, yeah, keep up the illusion that she's still working the beat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just... Uh, yeah, I, just I spinning, like spinning web we didn't need. Yeah. Now that I'm thinking about it, because, like, okay, yeah, he calls, you know, uh, calls her in, she shows up, and Alfred comes over, brings her in, why the fuck are you talking to the guy who got your your fiance killed? And there mm-hmm. was obviously allusions to her maybe being pregnant in this movie. Oh god, a lot of stuff happening off screen in this movie. Apparently, <laughs> just too oh, much stuff happening. Yeah, I know. Ugh, but, um, too much stuff happening they, like, off screen. Centered the frame on the open drawer. I was like, oh, okay, I'm, I get it. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But but yeah, I I think if someone got like my wife killed, for example. Even mm-hmm. if it was, you know, uh, like, you know, an accident or whatever, and they're totally mm-hmm. good people and they're trying to help me out and they found a way to bring her back or something. And, and even if I know about all that, which she doesn't, but even if mm-hmm. I did, I'd be like, I'm not talking to you. I'm not riding around in your car with your butler, you know, mm-hmm. because he's still no, yeah, someone yeah. I loved very much, like injured or killed or whatever. Like, we're not doing this. Mm-hmm. So it, I can understand both ways. Yeah. yeah. Now that I think I, about it. Yeah, I, I just yeah, in my I, I you gotta kinda have your cake and eat it too on this one for me, which is I would I would be like Batman somehow you know, like Batman is the one who gets Lois, but you can't have her stepping out of Alfred's thing because that didn't make sense anyway. Because Alfred shouldn't have been there in in the first place because he was back in in Gotham and stuff, right? So it just it just. But like, yeah, it, but it's just Batman being the one who gets Lois Lane in order to calm down Superman is a 
you know, that's the way those three characters interact together and stuff, right? It's just, uh, and, and, and writing wise, that to me just makes more sense than, uh, than her just randomly showing up. Uh, what do you, what did you think of the black Superman outfit in the third act, Rob? Uh, I dug it. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought from what I knew, uh, it was a nice callback to when he died in the comics and then came back and had a black suit. But mm-hmm. then also with, because he gets his power from the sun, it's like, black does absorb nicely. <laughs> <laughs> You're a thinking man, Rob. I've always said that about you. I just, it's I don't know. slimming as well, you know? <laughs> yeah. I got the com- I got the comic book reference, obviously, but I just, yeah. I just, no I mullet. like my, uh, no mullet. Yeah, he didn't have the mullet, and, and I just, Brandon's I want my Superman upset. and Red. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no mullet, yeah. I would have liked to see him with the mustache. Yeah. That mustache that he had for whatever the Mission Impossible movie. It's like, that mustache was awesome. <laughs> Superman with a mustache. Mustache and a mullet. I just, man, I just love my Superman in the red and blue, though. I just, I just thought. And they, they did Deus Ex Superman a little bit, the third act of this movie, where, like, you know, the rest of the guys are all fighting Steppenwolf tooth and nail, and he's just kind of bitch-slapping all of them, and then Supes just shows up, and he's like, well, fuck you, dude. <laughs> punches him in the head, and he's, you know, and just punches him in his face a bunch of times, and that's the end of Steppenwolf. And I'm sitting there watching it, and I'm like, I don't disagree that it's how this should go, Zach, but... I don't know. There's probably you probably could have done that in a bit more suspenseful way, a bit more clever way than just Deus Ex Superman. Although, you know, the way Superman is established, perhaps that's exactly how it should have gone down. But I'm just entertainment-wise, uh, maybe a little bit more, a uh, li- li- little bit more, a little more effort. <laughs> I was just to say when the axe was coming down on uh, Cyborg, and then it's like, oh, Superman's there, and now just stops yeah. on him, and just the look that he was giving Steppenwolf, I was. All that I could, all that went through my mind was, ah, 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 you didn't say the magic word. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, so bad. How did you feel about Wonder Woman just taking, uh, Brandon, just taking Steppenwolf's head? Like, just aim for the head. <laughs> yeah, I, I like it. I, I, yeah. I, I loved it. And, and to be honest with you, yeah, it might have been that. It might have totally been like, oh, okay, well, <laughs> you know. <laughs> You didn't. You didn't hit the head, Avengers. So we're gonna we're gonna show you how it's done. Yeah. Um, but can I go back to what you were saying before about Superman showing up? Because mm-hmm. I just watched the 2017 one. It's way worse in that one. Oh yeah. Up, yeah. Like he's like they. What they did was like he's so much more destructive in that movie with with Steppenwolf. So they had to contrive the whole situation with the civilians to get him out of there. Or else it literally would have made no sense because there was no mm-hmm. reason for the fight to continue. So, like when when you watch the 2017 one, it's it's honestly like I think that may have been like the the point where they're like, oh shit, we have to reverse engineer Superman out of this scene, or else like at least three heroes have nothing to do in this condensed version. So Superman goes off to save a house or save an apartment building or whatever, and then and then they can go back to fighting Steppenwolf. In this movie, I personally thought, like, it made more sense, and he still worked with all of them. Like you said, the exact thing that you just said, the go-for-the-head thing, that was like a, you know, Arthur stabs him, and Superman, <laughs> like, throws him or punches him or whatever, and then yeah. guy blazes his head off. It's like, this is dope. You know, yeah. like video game stuff, you know? 
That yeah, it was a to yeah, right total there. combo That's kill. Hard. Yeah. I'm yeah, fine with that. I just like I was it's just so weird to me that I was just like, oh, it's just Diana's just because like they zoom in right on his neck, like you can see the 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 neck in like Steppenwolf's thing, and he's just like bringing it down, and it's like, ah! and I was like, oh shit, she just like I don't like, and I know Diana's prone to murder. She it, like I'm like if yes. when Diana. When Diana kills people in the comic books, I'm like, yeah, sure, she's an Amazon warrior. You know, it's like when Batman, you know, like Batman has the old, you know, thou shall not kill, you know, so saith the Batman thing from the comic books. Um, but when Diana does it, I'm just so like, just not in the presence of the Batman. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, eh, it's a little, but like when she did it, I was like, oh shit. That was that was so metal. <laughs> she just did that, and then I did like the like as campy as it kind of was. I did like the head going into the portal, and then Dark Side just like stepping on Stop, it. Like, ball. Oh, it's great. Yeah, it was it was yeah that was pretty cool. I I enjoyed that. A lot of work to get there though, but uh, <laughs> all right. Oh, hey. Can I ask you something? Because you said you were talking about before how like those characters interact, like specifically mm -hmm. with Lois, Bruce, and. Um, and, and Clark, right, with with Superman, Batman, and Lois Lane, right? And mm -hmm. I was curious, like, because I know we both, both, like, publicly on the internet in many places, you know, aired our qualms with, with Tom King's run. But do you mm -hmm. remember the issue where they go to the, the costume party and Bruce dresses like Superman and, and, uh, and, and then... Um, you know, Clark dresses like Batman and that's how... The, and then, you know, Lois and... and uh, um, and Catwoman like switch outfits. And yeah. Oh, and like the alternate outfits of like you know their comic personas, and they go to this. I love that issue, man. It's like like literally yeah. nothing happens in it other than just a little bit of conversation, and that's a that's a great Tom King story. Like you know, I hope we get more stuff like that, and and obviously like you know his Scott Free run, like uh, mm. Mr. Miracle run in in so good in the you know. Um, Him and Barda, man, great stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like if if we get moments like that, like that's that's gonna be dope. You know, I'm fine with that. Sorry to derail you, but I liked when you said that earlier, and I was like, mm, I want to. And then you transitioned. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. I, my thing is just, I mean, we've been dancing around it a little bit. Let's talk about the the un, the horribly unnecessary and tacked on nightmare sequence that they had at the 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 end of this movie. Um. I didn't want to talk about this without you here because there's no way I wasn't go I was going to discuss uh, Jared Leto without uh, Brandon Fleet on this podcast. Um, the nightmare sequence is is horrible and unnecessary. And as I joked earlier, this is uh, like if I was editing this, I would look Zack Snyder in the eye and I say, Zack, you want this to be your sequel. It doesn't belong in this movie. Let's get it out of here and we'll save the footage for like if you get to make this movie <laughs> because it just it's 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 everything about it was just bad it, it just like the the the, the like joe mantigliano i'm not sure how you pronounce his last name but his deathstroke showing up with the horrible deathstroke mo mohawk i'm like what the hell was that that's bad give him the shag give him the deathstroke shag and uh if amber heard is there with her talking with a, a horrible cockney accent for some reason even though i'm pretty sure she didn't have the accent earlier in the film and she certainly didn't have it in the james one uh in the James Wan Aquaman movie, so all of a sudden she has this like really bad accent, and then 
we're there talking to uh, <laughs> to friggin' Batman's talking to the Joker, and they're dropping f bombs because ooh, you know, f bombs is so edgy. And Batman's sitting there saying about how he's gonna kill the Joker slowly, and I'm just like, oh, I didn't like any of that. And then <laughs> the Joker is just there pushing his buttons, and I did Leto look better in this movie as the Joker than he did in in the the Suicide Squad movie with the the grill and the face tats and stuff. I was just never on board with that look for for the Joker but I, I get it you're trying to put your own flavor on it but it just wasn't for me I, I thought he looked better but the dialogue was just so over the top and like even even for a guy who just chews scenery like you wouldn't believe it even even it just god it, it, for Leto it, it was so over the top and he was sitting there laughing like a seagull and it was just fucking I didn't <laughs> it, it was so tacked on it did not need to be there whatsoever none of the stuff that was ostensibly um, and a series of end credits, like basically the last half hour of the movie could have been done in like a 30 second end credit sequence. And it's just like, why, why are you doing this? I, I just, I didn't get it whatsoever, but like, yeah, there was like Lex Luthor escapes from Arkham and then he's talking to Slade Wilson. And then we're in a nightmare sequence that goes on like 10 minutes, way too long. And then the Martian man <laughs> shows up for no reason. And is talking to Bruce Wayne on his doorstep and it just... Oh, I I didn't care for any of it, and I didn't know why I was there, and I just would have completely jettisoned that from the entire film. But I I, I get why it was there, because Zach's like, fuck it, I'm probably not going to get my sequel. Throw it in there! But, like, still, I just would have completely jettisoned that from the movie. What was your take on that, Rob? Uh, It was fine on its Hmm. own, but it was tacked on. on. Yeah, I, I fully agree with that. It's a scene from a completely different movie. Period. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. it's it, just it, it. It didn't. It, it just it was. It just seemed really tacked on because like the movie ended is like, what's this post credit? Is like we're back into a dream. Okay. All right. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna go with it. The part that th- that that surprised me is when uh, Joker's talking to Batman about being like, reach around, buddies. I'm like, whoa. Yeah. Off guard. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what was that? Yeah, that was bad di- that was just just bad dialogue and bad character isms just the entire time in that sequence. It was but uh, it was it was uh, in isolation, like it was a neat kind of what if or like dream mm-hmm. scenario, but yeah. It, but it was just so weird because like in we, we just finish. we just finished watching Lex Luthor tells Slade Wilson that Bruce Wayne is Batman, and he's like, well, now I'm going to go kill Batman. And then 30 seconds later, we're in a post-apocalyptic world, and Slade's just there, and he's like, what do we do? That that, that timing was was a little off. But also, when it got to the nightmare scene, um, I kept racking my brain like, all right, I've seen a nightmare scene before. What? What movie was it from? Was that from the other Justice League movie? Was that from like BVS? Like shit, I think I it was BVS, remember. wasn't it? Doesn't it? Matter. Yeah. I think it was BVS. It really you're right in that it truly <laughs> doesn't matter, but like yeah, I'm fairly certain it was BVS. Yeah. But yeah, that cuz yeah, BVS that was him cuz as Brandon said, the first the B, BVS was him trying to do for like all of Batman's greatest hits, but in the span of a 2-hour movie, right? And it's just like Slow it down. Uh, what about you, Brandon? What was your take on the nightmare sequence, the tacked-on nightmare sequence at the end of the movie? Pretty much exactly the same as you guys. Oh, that book that I was talking about right at the beginning, uh, the, the Batman book that everyone should mm-hmm. read because it's good and Batman uses guns, is Batman the Cult. Yes! Yes! Oh, yes, it's, the Cult is so good. 
Right. It's one of two good Jason Todd as Robin stories in mm-hmm. my mind. And they're both written by Jim Starlin, of course, like one being like when mm-hmm. he dies <laughs> and then the other being the cult. Um, yeah, like, I don't know. I didn't have any really real feelings about it because it, it was pretty clear it was an epilogue and it, pretty, it was pretty mm-hmm. clear it was done as fan service. Like you said, you know, I had like a plethora of, of you know, method actor Jared Leto jokes ready to go when, you know, the scene was getting close. I could feel it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I had this thing. We were we were riffing. Paula and I were riffing on this thing. My wife, Paula, and I, we were riffing on this thing that, like, he came out of the sweat lodge he was in when, like, COVID lockdowns went into effect. I remember that! Oh, my God! But, yeah, he didn't know COVID. Sorry, go ahead. Well, no, I was just, I, yeah, I just sorry to reiterate for anybody to remember, like, when COVID first happened, like, almost a year ago to the day, Jared Leto and his weird, you know, hippie cult or whatever that he's a part of, like, did, like, a Joshua tree or something like that, and where they got rid of all their phones, so they didn't even know the world had fall apart until, like, ten days afterwards, because they were out in the desert somewhere, high on shrooms, I assume, right? Like, it was just, yeah. this fucking guy, right? Like... Oh. And it, it, we had this thing where, like, we were talking about how he came out of the sweat lodge, and everyone else is, like, looking at their phones, and they're like, oh, my God, oh, my God, and it gets to Jared Leto, and he looks at his phone, method actor Jared Leto, he looks yeah. at his phone, he's like, wow, yeah, oh, my God, Zack Snyder wants to pay me a bunch of money to come back and do Justice League again, yeah. <laughs> and they're like, no, no, there's a global pandemic, he's like, what? Yeah, <laughs> we were just riffing on that for like ten minutes. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't really care. Like, there's a whole bunch of stuff in that scene that doesn't really make any sense. Knowing the trajectory of the DCEU now, mm-hmm. like, where well, you're not going to get that Batman Deathstroke movie, so it doesn't make any sense. Like, that you know that they would even mm-hmm. know each other, and that scene doesn't really like they know each other if you've read the comics. But otherwise, it's just like, hey, it's this guy that's been in twelve seconds of the movie just a few seconds ago. And and now he's like hanging out with Batman, and he's like his seemingly his second in command. Well, why would this be so? And then you gotta like, excuse me, person who has read some comics, can you explain this to me? And then they gotta ramble through their history. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so like, yeah, it was totally fan service. I don't care. I watched it. The movie ended for me at the hero shot of, like, all the capes flowing and everything. I would have loved to have seen Superman back in the blue and red in that scene, as well as when he opens his shirt at the end. I just, I like right. that. Um, like you, as I become an old man, I think that um, the black gets less and less appealing to me. Um, you know, but I also like the 90s more than a lot of people in terms of comics, so I, I'm fine with it. But I still, like, the blue and red is iconic, um, you know, so I like it. I, I didn't really have any problems. I just didn't want it. Like, I don't care. Like, put epilogue. Everyone knows they can turn off. Like, if they watch it again, if you're going to watch it again, which, unlike you, Matt, I think I will. Probably not as closely as I did the first time, but I'll, mm-hmm. I'll put it on, you know, mm-hmm. uh, through, like, a work session or something and just, like, let it roll while I'm working on some project or something. Mm-hmm. But, um, I, I, like, I'll know in my mind that the movie is over when like the music swells and you see all of our heroes and they're like, they're glistening in the sun and their lives are getting back together. It's like, okay, the movie's over. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's good. You know? Yeah. So, it's just, 
Yeah, I just I get it. Snyder couldn't help himself, and it, like to me, he just <laughs> he yeah. wanted his scene yeah. where he wanted his scene where he had the Batman and the Joker in the same scene, and they were talking. And he he wanted he wanted his interrogation room scene from the Dark Knight. He wanted that, and he tried to have it, and it just yeah didn't really pull it off there. Edge Lordy, yeah, you're right. It's total Edge Lordy, yeah. Which you know he is he is an Edge Lord, so what are you gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> like, a genuinely good dude. Like, oh you know, yeah. Like, well, when he, when I'll admit, when he, when it flashed at the very end of the movie for Autumn, which is his daughter, which is just like fucking thing. And to his credit, he has donated a sizable chunk of the movie, uh, of of the 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 money he has made off of the Snyder cut or whatever to you know like that suicide awareness. Um, charity that I, I don't know if he started it or if he's just a part of it but either way he's just donated a, a shitload of dimes to uh to it and for for stuff yeah. like that yeah I, I like any charity so you gotta yeah absolutely i can't stress this enough when i bag on Zack snyder it's never on Zack snyder as a human being because the guy seems like a fucking to borrow a term uh, he seems like such a mensch but I just when I'm bagging on him, it's it's just purely of like, dude, use color and stop using slow mo. Come on, ah! <laughs> like, it's just like like ease off on like throttle back on the slow mo. It's just, yeah, just totally like because he seems like a, a delightful human being. But I I don't know. I just I don't like the 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 what I would consider to be bad habits of how he directs movies. And that's yeah. that's it. Mm. I also will say that I. I'll take any opportunity to see Martian Manhunter in any form. You know, True. I love John Jones. Uh, I don't know why yeah. I love the character so much. There's My no wife's real... favorite character in all of comic books, John Jones, the yeah. Martian Manhunter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love him. I don't understand why. Like, there's, I can't tell you where the spark was, but like in my entire life, mm-hmm. I, I just when he shows up, I'm always so stoked, and there's no real reason for it. Um, but I, I, so I was happy just to get one more Martian Manhunter scene out of it. Uh, mm. so I'm fine with that. There was something else I wanted to ask you about in that sequence, but I can't remember. And that's probably irrelevant, you know, mm. but there, there's I think... cool stuff in there, you know? Yeah. I mean, like it's, it's, it's a fun concept. It's just like, it's a scene from a movie we're never going to get to see. Right. So it's just. It just doesn't make sense. It doesn't need to be in there. But like the thought of we've all got to fight suit like Batman and and all of the guys who are not necessarily as super powered have to fight Superman is is always a great story. They've made an entire video game series out of that that is wildly popular. And there's there's tons yeah, of all the, yeah and like the injustice stuff and all of the all of the great like like there's so wait, many wait, great. Uh, why isn't Snyder doing those films? Like think about that because that literally like that yeah. Was, is the antithesis of like the the Tom Taylor antithesis? Mm-hmm. Fuck me, that's not even the right word. The the like the 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 point the jump off point for it is mm-hmm. the kind of like antithesis of like traditional superhero storytelling, and then this like post apocalyptica, and, mm-hmm. and 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 that's what like Snyder did a really good Dawn of the Dead film, right? Yeah, that's and what he's like, most interested in for sure of it all. Yeah, and like. If you took like bring in Tom Taylor, like mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, <laughs> and 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 let him go to town on a script, uh, because like anti life equation and cyborg getting infected with it is how is how like injustice starts, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, 
if memory serves. Yeah, totally. That's how it starts, right? Or am I thinking yeah, of some I'm other? Yeah, pretty. Yeah, totally. I don't know. It's, it all blends together, but like I, I, I get where you're going with it. It's just, yeah. yeah, it's, 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 it's the movie Snyder ultimately wanted to make. Probably is the Injustice movie, which I mean, maybe they just should have just done that off the hop instead of trying to build yeah. a, a universe off of Man of Steel, right? Yeah, totally, totally. Like it, it's it. It, well, one, they're great books. They're some of the highest-selling DC books, which were digital firsts. Mm-hmm. Um, they sold incredible in that form. Then they sold incredible in physical. And they sell incredible in collected editions to this day. The games are, uh, you know... The shit. Yeah. yeah, like, they're 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 highly touted. You know, um, it makes total sense for them to want to exploit that. And, and why not, uh, you know, also give those who who like the the snyder films an opportunity to kind of justify their fandom and be like see this was all in the injustice universe this whole time that's why things were like a little bit off you know Mm -hmm. Uh, i don't know it's it's food for thought and then also it totally makes sense if cyborg is right at the at the forefront of it if i am Mm -hmm. thinking of the right series which i totally gotta be like what other series i think you are taylor wrote Yeah, that's, no, that's, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. It's yeah. Ultimately, that's the movie he wanted to make. Is he wanted to make everybody versus Superman in a post-apocalyptic world? He wanted to do the injustice, and he was trying to get there, and it was it's just never going to happen. Somewhat unfortunately, but the, he should have like when they let him do it, they should have just let him just jump off and do the do the justice do the injustice stuff. But uh, well, yeah, I don't him, do his fucking dark universe film. Too. Justice League Dark, oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, well, maybe we'll get there. Uh, anything else you wanted to add, uh, Rob? Or uh, nope, nothing. Nothing comes to mind at the moment. All right, I I, I think we're done here. Are you excited for Invincible on Friday, there, uh, Brandon? What? Are you, you're, <laughs> you're, that was my reaction. <laughs> sorry, you, you, Invincible. They, they're doing the the Image comic. There's an animated series coming out on Amazon uh, Prime on Friday. I don't. Okay, so I really like the first volume of Invincible. After mm-hmm. that, I don't like Invincible very much. Like, I got nothing but respect for everything he's done, like, in terms of Walking Dead and, yeah. like, you know... The Kirk Man. With, 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 yeah, exactly. And with everything with, like, the, the Skybound imprint, you know that I'm a huge fan of a lot of the creators mm-hmm. that, that came up with Skybound. So, like, totally. Uh, but, yeah, Robert Kirkman has stuff that is more interesting to me outside of the first volume of Invincible. So, like, it doesn't... I'm sorry, I didn't even register that. But I'll check out <laughs> right. a little bit. Of it. Yeah, I'm not stoked about it, though. Yeah, I, th- I think right. it looks pretty dope. It's going to be super violent, <laughs> but, <laughs> as yeah. the comic is. But, yeah, we'll see. But uh, might get you back on to discuss that once uh, we get a few episodes of that. I think they're dropping the first three episodes, because that seems to be Amazon Prime's format, because they did that with the second season of The Boys, where they gave you the like the first three, and then you had to go week to week after. Which I kind of think is the best format, now having seen... Uh, the way comic book people behave j- during WandaVision. <laughs> and I was like, okay, uh, not everything's Mephisto, you guys. In fact, none of it probably is. So shut up about it. Or, or <laughs> everything is. That's true. WandaVision was fine to me. The one that yeah. really got me was watching Falcon and the Winter Soldier this past week because it's like, I would have, like, with WandaVision, I was completely fine walking away and having a week to stew on it and do whatever. Mm-hmm. But I. 
I absolutely did not feel that way after the first episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Like, I thought it was great. Um, like, you know, it, I thought it was what I expected. And there was a lot of callbacks and thematic callbacks and stuff. And I was like, okay, this is interesting. But, like, when it got to the end, I would have pressed play on another episode. You would have had me. Whereas this Friday, yeah. I'm not going to be running to Disney Plus to look for the second episode. I'm like, I know there's only, like, you know, what, four, four or five more? So I'll just I'll I'll check it out when I can, you know, mm-hmm. or not. That's fine. I really like the first one, although man, they like this is uh, that opening action sequence of the first one. My God, it looked gorgeous. But I I was just like, what a handicap that they are are fighting with, or not? They're not fighting with a handicap, but they're just fighting without such a handicap that they could do an action sequence in what is supposed to be a TV, like the first 10 minute action sequence and what of what is supposed to be a quote unquote TV show for a regular television show. The budget they used on that opening 10 minutes would have been yeah. an entire season's like 22 episode budget worth of action sequence that they did as like a throwaway fun fight sequence in the first 10 minutes, just to show how awesome the Falcon is. And I'm like, this is great, man. They're just, yeah. They're just changing the game with this stuff. It is it is a lot of fun. Um, Feedback, too. That was dope. Absolutely. Um, so that'll be it for this week. Uh, crossover Podcast available at crossoverpodcast.com, facebook.com slash crossoverpodcast. We're also on iTunes. Please rate and subscribe. Five stars only. And as always, you do not have to listen, but please download the Crossover Podcast. We're also on Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher, so please check us out there. And you can pump up our numbers on those. Please leave us a review on those websites as well. That would help us out immensely. Um, that is it for this week. I'll be back next week most most likely with Craig, because we'll probably be talk gearing up for uh, probably just do some uh, pretty low overall sweeping sports talk next week because uh, baseball is going to start. God, like half the Jays roster went on the DL today. God, so upsetting. It's going to be a fun roster, and then we just lost all our fun guys. But yeah, we'll probably talk a little hockey, a little basketball, a little just. J- general generic kind of sports catch up maybe get you to place a few bets and then uh before you know it it'll be wrestlemania time and i'll probably have mac on to talk wrestlemania and then you know like we'll we'll talk a little falcon and the winter soldier as we go along as those episodes get released and then they also announced that uh what is it july 9th we're gonna get the black widow movie on on disney plus i think disney finally realized hey this uh theater thing's probably not gonna happen so we should probably just fire this out on uh on on Disney Plus because they'll they'll get my thirty bucks or whatever for Premier Access or whatever the bleep they're gonna charge for that these blood suckers damn it uh, but yeah it'll be good stuff we'll probably talk about that Invincible show too as 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 it uh, comes out so lots of stuff to be talking about uh, Brandon you got anything you want to plug on the way out or not presently no I keep saying All right. that I might come on but it, there's <laughs> things coming that's keep awesome. Great, great. Can't wait. And like I said, we'll probably get you back on and talk a little Invincible or something because I'll want to get your opinion on the animated version of an Image Comics. So, uh, of an Image Comics property for sure. Uh, Rob, as always, uh, pleasure having you on. Thanks for, Thank for, for coming me. on. Thank, thanks for, for fighting through the four hours of the Snyder Cut so that uh, we oh, could, we could do anyway. That's <laughs> yeah, true. So we could do this podcast. Uh, uh, Brandon, Rob, uh, as always, pleasure having you guys on. Uh, take care, everybody, and we'll talk to you next time on the Crossover Podcast. So when I'm hanging with the click and we in demand, I feel good that the city of angels call me Black Superman.